What's up, everybody? Sunday, April 10th. It's about 7 o'clock. We've got the Celtics on. They're beating the hell out of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and I turn 26 tomorrow. So for all of you camp fans, play 26 by camp. Um, I'm turning 26 tomorrow. Um, also, we got a great podcast lined up for you this week. we got Trey Turner coming on to discuss his career at Tech, his pro day travels, his injury issues last year that he fought through, um, and uh, just his awesome career and what he has going on next. But before that, I want to remind everybody, we got some awesome stuff going on next weekend. I am getting on a plane uh, and headed to Blacksburg this week. Um, we have our Celebrity Spring Jam that is Friday, April 15th from 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. at McLean's at First and Main in Blacksburg. That is by the old Cinnable for you old heads out there. It's going to be $10 at the door, cash only. Uh, some special guests include... Shane Graham, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Chancellor, Michael Vick, D'Angelo Hall, Kevin Jones, Wyatt Teller, Sons of Saturday are going to be there, Davon Morgan's going to be there, it's going to be so much fun, got a photographer, got a couple of folks sponsoring the event, shout out to Pick Whitney, shout out to the Southwest Virginia shop, got a DJ, it's going to be crazy, so head on out, again, that's at 1614 South Main Street, at McLean's at First and Main. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. Speaking of them, Jeremy, is he going to be at the event? Yes, he is. Also, Jeremy is going to have over 850 pins commemorating Virginia Tech men's basketball incredible win in the ACC championship, champions of Brooklyn. So head on down, make sure you get your pin um, free of charge. You know how that works. And if you run into us, you can ask us for a pin, and if we have some left, we'll get them to you. Um, trying to think if we have anything other than that. Um, not really. We got the golf event also on Friday in Roanoke. I'll be passing out uh, beer and other uh, beverages of people's uh, choice and variety. Driving around in the golf cart because I suck at golf right now. I'm gonna get better. Um, but that's it. So you know, everybody have a great week. Everybody get after it. I hope to see everybody at the spring game. If we don't see you at the spring game, happy Easter. Hope everybody's well. And um, let's do the damn thing. VT baseball's killing it. VT softball's killing it. Just defeated number two, Florida State. Uh, beat them in the series. Last game of the series, the refs kind of screwed that up for us. But shout out to both of those teams and everybody else that's doing great stuff. And here is the 555 followed by Trey Turner. Everybody, it is Tuesday, April fifth. My birthday's in six days, so everybody just just mark the calendars. April eleventh, um, but it is one thirteen Mountain Time. I am joined here by Grayson from Los Angeles, and I am also joined by Trey Turner, big play Trey, top five all time leading receiver in Virginia Tech history with one hundred and thirty four receptions. Just wrapped up pro day, um, Trey. What's going on, man? It's been a long time. Haven't had you on. I had to hit you with the with the double reminder uh, to get you on here. If y'all are trying to or trying to get Trey on a, uh, on an interview, he does need a friendly uh, a friendly double text, but he always comes through. Trey, how are things going? I'm good, man. Uh, 
speaking of birthdays, mine's on the 21st, not not making a big deal or anything. But, you know, April birthdays, hey, that's where it's at. But um, uh-huh. I've been good, man. Just, you know, working, keeping my head down, just just praying, praying for the whole opportunity I'm about to get. So uh, just waiting to see where I'm going to end up. Mm-hmm. So you're back in Greensboro now. Um, let's talk a little bit about Pro Day, which you have had your the travel, the travel stories for Trey Turner during his Virginia Tech tenure have been far and wide. This year we had the um the infamous driving down to Miami um to make sure that he could play with well, let's start there. What the hell was going on, dude? What what you had a bubble in your lung? What 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 was the deal? Oh, so the the official diagnosis was called like pneumomedia statum or something like that. Um, so uh, the the way they described it to me was the trauma the trauma that I took on one of the hits in that Georgia Tech game was uh, ended up it, it poked a hole in one of my lungs. So the lung kind of released air. It got trapped around my heart. It got trapped in my neck. So I had like multiple CT scans. I had to go to like three different specialists and. Uh, I was trying to get clear for the Boston College game. Like, I didn't. I didn't want to miss any games, so I was trying to like do everything possible. But I couldn't. Like if y'all have heard me during that whole two weeks after that game. Like you would laugh every time I talked because it sounded like I was like holding my nose. Like it, <laughs> all of this was swollen, and I'm just like, all right. So when it got to the week of the Boston College game, like it was around that Thursday where I knew, all right, all right, I'm not gonna be able to make this game. So. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and cheer the team on as hard as I can from the house because I can't even get on the plane to go to Boston. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get on the plane. Like I didn't get clear by my pulmonologist until like halfway through December to get on a plane. So everything was uh everything with that situation. I was I was honestly scared for my life. But um, there's a lot of people that didn't know the full breakdown of it that would had their own opinions, their own takes on what I was doing. Like I wasn't, I don't want to sit out. Like I didn't, I, I don't want to not play. Like it's just I was not healthy. Like and it, and it was scary. I was actually scared. So. I chose to, you know, make the decision with the bowl game and all of that just to take care of myself. Uh, I still regret that, but like it, it wasn't like uh, I was I was fully healthy, like hundred percent healthy, and could have gave my all. Like the the doctors told me, like it, they don't know if it can happen again or not, but there is a chance that it could happen again if you're not if you're not careful with it. So we got to the end of the season with all the you know the coaching changes and everything that went down. Uh, I, I tried to do everything I could to help us get bowl eligible. And I was able to do that. So yeah. just. Just making sure those guys got to go to the bowl game and have fun, especially the freshmen that never got the experience or, you know, the sophomores even because we didn't go to a bowl game last year. So I felt like I, I had to, like, you know, help help us in, in any way I could possibly make sure we were bowl eligible. And uh, I'm sure those guys still had fun in New York. Uh, the game wasn't what they wanted it to be, but I'm sure they still had fun in their experience because you don't, you don't get those trips every year. Like, you don't get a free trip. You don't get free gear. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a fun trip and you're in New York. So – you don't get to play in Yankee Stadium every year. Not everybody gets to play in Yankee Stadium, so that, that was, I knew that was a big deal to everybody. And uh, I just I, I I hurt for the the outcome of the game, just like everybody that played the game. Um, I, I wish I could have made a difference in that regard, but you know it was what it was. Something about Hokies, man, and and getting their lungs punctured. You and Tyrod Taylor gotta gotta talk about that. I, I feel I feel for y'all. I'm sorry that happened to you. I gotta, I gotta actually ask him about that whole situation because um, if it was me, it's you would have seen a lot of uh, Trey Turner and Sue. <laughs> That's what you would have saw. So I don't know. That whole situation for him was kind of scary. I'm like, oh, the, the team doctor did that. Like that's that's normal. Well, Trey, I mean, we were we were gonna save this for later, but this is a perfect opportunity to let everybody know 
that the Friday before the spring game, we're having spring jam at Mac Lane's. It's going to be $10 entry. We got Tyrod Taylor coming, Shane Graham, Davon Morgan, Michael Vick, um, Cam Chancellor. Huge list. Awesome Hokies. Super excited about it. I know Trey's going to be there. Trey and Tyrod will be talking about um, lungs and, you know, uh, not so pointy objects. Uh, being around <laughs> but we're really looking forward to it. Um, so y'all, y'all check that out on our social media for it. But let's talk about Pro Day. Um, first of all, Walk me through your decision. Uh, walk me through your relationship with Malik Willis, how that came to be, and then how you decided that you wanted to uh, perform at two pro days. Uh, we originally met the very first day at the Senior Bowl. Uh, we kind of we went out for walkthroughs, and uh, first thing he said to me was, "You, <laughs> you're not you're not as big as I thought you were." I'm like, "Well, uh, thanks. Like, is that, is that is that a compliment or?" What? <laughs> But uh, we kind of our relationship kind of got started at the Senior Bowl. We we talked a lot. We were on the same team, and he was the quarterback. So like anytime like uh, like if I had a bad play in practice or I wasn't winning on a route, he would be the one to be like, "Hey, calm down. Like we're gonna be good. Let's go. We got this." So it was like, man, like this guy is like really a leader already. And I don't even know him. So like, I really don't even know him like that. So we kind of got that connection through the Senior Bowl. And then we uh we were talking on the sideline at the Senior Bowl game, like during the game. And, uh, we kind of like asked each other who we were doing pro day with. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I have a quarterback. dude. Was, my quarterback just transferred. And, uh, I don't know like, what the deal is there. He was like, just come to Liberty. I was like, we, we can do that. Like that's, that's allowed. Like, <laughs> but, uh, no, like I was saying though, uh, we had that connection at senior bowl and uh, on the sideline, we kind of just, we had the whole conversation and we're like, all right, let's, let's see if our agents can make it happen. Uh, Honestly, like a week after the the senior bowl, our agents got, I, I guess they talked to the schools and all that. They got it squared away. So we kind of knew it was going to happen. Like we knew we were doing that throughout the whole process. Uh, we didn't break the news to anybody, like kind of like, so right before pro day, uh, it wasn't planned to do that. I didn't plan on telling anybody. I, I just wanted to go out there and just do what I do, run routes and then go to Virginia Tech and do their pro day. But we kind of had that plan, and then we get to the combine. We were on the same combine group, so it was kind of like it, it felt like it was meant to be. Like we were supposed to just go out there and do what we did on pro day, and uh, it turned out pretty well. Uh, I, I ran, I ran good routes. I had a good day that day. Um, I'm just, I was really thankful for him letting me even come and be a part of their pro day because he's he's a big deal right now. He's in number like conversation for number one quarterback on the board. I'm, I'm just one of the, I'm just one of the receivers on the list that are in the draft. So. Just for me to be able to go out there and uh, be comfortable with him, like we already we had plenty of routes that I ran for him before. But even days before the pro day, I went out there and ran a couple of routes for him. Uh, he just wanted to get the timing right on everything. He was like, "I don't want to throw it behind you." I was like, "Bro, just throw the ball." Like I, I've seen you throw plenty of things. Like you, I'll just catch it. I, I'll just make sure I can catch it. That's the only thing I need to worry about. Like just throw the ball, do what you do. I'm just go catch it. Mm-hmm. So, I'll go ahead. No, that that whole the whole deal was just it, it was. It was a blessing, like I, I, just being able to drive to Liberty, go do all of that, and then drive back the same day and go to Virginia Tech and do their pro day. Uh, it was it was a long day, but it was definitely worth it at the end of the day. That was going to be my next question. You literally just answered my next question about. So you woke up. What time did you wake up? And you drove there and then drove back on the same day. No, I drove. I drove to Liberty the day before. Like okay, I was there at Liberty. I stayed the night at Liberty. Woke up because their check in was at eight a.m. So I wasn't going. to. I was not leaving Blacksburg at six to go to Liberty. Like I, that wasn't at all. So I woke up, you know, got some good sleep that night. Woke up, checked in, 
the routes weren't until what one o'clock. So I had to sit there and like just just wait, just wait. I was letting everybody everybody else ran their forties. They did their uh, drills, their shuttles, and all that. And, uh, I was just waiting for our time, and uh, we eventually got to that one o'clock whenever uh, the NFL Network was ready to get them on TV. And I ran through my routes. I, I think I had eleven. I had eleven or twelve routes. I ran through those, and uh, as soon as I was done, I, I went and got my bag, and I got in the car and hit the highway. So. <laughs> It was kind of funny. I couldn't, um, I couldn't speed because um, yeah, scouts there on the road too. They were all leaving from Liberty and going to Virginia. Tech. <laughs> like I was just, I was driving ten and two, you know, listening to good music on the way down. Uh, it was, it was, it was fun though. I, I definitely had fun that day, but it was, it was a long day for sure. sure. So let's talk a little bit about your time at Virginia Tech. I mean, one of the best days of my life, honestly. Um, just walk me through kind of your emotions of the Carolina game. For me, it wasn't even as much about the game. It was awesome to win the game. It was awesome to um, jump on the field, see everybody happy. But it was kind of the culmination of going through that entire year last year uh, of not seeing Lane Stadium, of not seeing and hugging people and everything else. What was kind of your emotion leading up to it through the game and then at the end of it? Talking about first game of this year? First game this year against North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I mean the emotions going into the game. I mean, with me personally, when I played when I played against North Carolina, like I'm, I don't know. Every every thought about a lot of stuff goes out the window whenever it comes to the UNC game because you know I'm from Greensboro. It's what 45 minutes from Chapel Hill, so it's like that's really like my home team. So I I, I made the decision to come to Virginia Tech so I could beat North Carolina every year. And then we kind of lost to them in the COVID year. I mean that that hurt that hurt, but it was like we had like 23 people out. So I mean. It, it, it wasn't like I'm not blaming that for the loss, but it, it, it hurt to lose that game because I never wanted to lose to a home team. Like I never wanted to lose one of my in home teams. Like mm-hmm. it's a couple, it's a couple losses that hurt more than others. Like uh, you got Wake, you got Wake Forest at Wake in the COVID year. You got uh, who who else? Um, Duke. That that Duke. The 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 at home that game. Yeah. That that hurt. That hurt everybody. <laughs> That place a little hurt on me for the rest of that season. And that's just because, like, that was a, <laughs> a massacre. But um, that that game, that first game of this season, though, it was, I don't know, just I, well, knowing when I found out we were wearing all orange, that's kind of like when I knew that, okay, this is going to be, like, one of these type of games. It's an orange effect. The crowd's going to be rocking. Like, I have I, I forgot what Lane Stadium felt like. So whenever we got to the, uh, to the tunnel, like, whatever everybody's doing, the – Whenever they start the uh, the inner Sandman, like after the claps and everything, I'm like, oh yes, yeah, it's, it's really time to go because I can. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to hear everybody jump on my head again. Like the, the bleachers feel like they're about to fall through the tunnel. Like it's it felt it felt so crazy. And then coming out, I kind of I think I got into. I had a couple of tears come out of my eyes when I came out the tunnel because it was like it's something that we were waiting on for a whole year. Like after the after the COVID year, like I don't know that that was a tough season to play in, just especially when the only fans that are there were our parents or you know, close friends and stuff like that. Like we only got like two tickets to some games and it, it was just a big difference. So then like just seeing everybody there and seeing the crowd and just feeling all the energy in there. Like I knew we had to win that game. Then we came out and played electric, like offense and defense. So that was, that was a, that was a great moment to start off the year for sure. So then to talk about kind of as the year progressed, we had the loss to West Virginia, the close loss to Notre Dame. Um, can you walk me through kind of how the locker room and how, Everybody kind of got through that. Um, tr- just a couple of letdowns and a couple of really, really tough losses. What was kind of the mentality in the locker room and 
who was trying to take control. I just want to learn what it was kind of like going on behind the behind closed seat, closed doors. Uh, really, really, um, really, that was it. Was tough. Like it was tough when we were losing at the beginning of the season because, like, we we went through spring ball, we went through fall camp, like practicing against each other. So we kind of knew what we could be. So it's not like anybody was in the locker room, like mad at each other or pointing fingers or anything. Like we were just, we were all in there. Like you got the seniors, you got guys that, that have been playing key roles in, in offense and defense, special teams, like anything, anybody that had anything to say about like, about what, what was going on during that time. Like it was all positives. Like it was all like what we could do. Like we just, we're, we're this close. Like we just got some stuff we got to clean up. Like, some group, some group has to make more plays or like, you know, like, especially being a receiver, like a lot of games, like some games we had to take into accountability. Like we didn't make plays. That's why we lost. Like we didn't make enough plays for us to win the game. So that's why we lost the game. So it was never, um, it never really got negative until, you know, uh, of course, obviously when your head coach gets fired, like it's a, it's a lot of guys that, that was kind of like the end of the season for them. But, and I couldn't, I couldn't like, I'm not gonna say I couldn't blame them, but we still had a season to play. Like we still had two games and we, we had five wins. So I wanted to get bowl eligible. So me, it was a couple of guys like me, Lasitas, you know, James, like a lot of guys around the locker room. We were just like, just making sure like guys still realize that we still need a win to get to a bowl game. Like the when you make it to a bowl game, that kind of like a lot of the feelings that you had negatively during the season, it kind of goes away. Cause that's a fun trip. Like it, it, it's a trip. It's a free trip. You get free gear and you play in – well, at, we didn't know then, but you, you're playing in LinkedIn, Yankee Stadium. Like, it's a big deal. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going – I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. You know, guys were doing what they wanted to do whenever Fuente got fired. And you can it, – it, it explains itself because, like, you know, guys – like, that. that's my coach. So, if like, if my coach going, I'm not playing no more. So, I'm like, bro, like, if, if, if you don't do anything positive for us, like, what are you still here for? And – Luckily, and, and guys still stayed. So I don't know. It was uh, it was kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of tough to get the team rallied up whenever Price became the coach. But Price, Price himself was like emotionally, like he was really driven. Like he's, he still is. Like he's a hokey. Like, like so, I kind of wanted to run through a brick wall for him. So I, I was trying to get everybody on that wave. And uh, UVA game, I felt like that's when everybody kind of showed it. Like everybody showed they wanted to win. And like it was. It was so beautiful to watch that. Like just like I was, I was in tears on the sideline. Like I'm, I'm in tears. Like I, I this is really happening. Like guys are really bought in. Like we wanted to. You're playing like you want to get to a bowl game. That, that was the only thing I wanted to see. I was so happy about that. So I want to talk a little bit before we get into kind of the specifics of kind of the change of the guard there at Georgia Tech. So I didn't know that you got hurt during this game. Um, I, I was wondering if that was from practice, if that was an old injury, whatever. Um, seven catches, 187 yards, one touchdown arguably the best game of your entire career. Um, kind of walk me through that game, the game plan. Did you know that you were going to be able to have a real opportunity against Georgia Tech? Um, to kind of walk us through that. Um, I mean, me personally, looking at them on film before we played them, I kind of knew, like, what I could do. Like, I, I knew that I could go for, you know, 200. Like, I could I could go for 200 that game. I personally knew that myself. And that's just watching film, watching how everybody plays on their defense. But – Going into going through the week, like it's not like uh, our game plan was really cornered around, like sitting around getting me the ball. It was kind of just the way that the plays happened. Like first half, I think I ended up with like 156 yards in the first half, something like that. So me, I'm expecting like cool. I'm about to get I'm about to get the 200 I was thinking about, and you know things change, things things happen, stuff stuff happens. Uh, I I'm not the coach, um, but 
going into that game, I was talking to Braxton like, yo, like, you just throw me the ball, I promise you I'll make something happen. Like, And I was like, at that point, I was kind of just like, really like, it was kind of like I was livid because I was just mad about the fact that I like, like I wanted the ball. Like I like I knew that that game right there, if you gave me the ball, I was going to make something happen, we were going to win the game. And those seven catches, I did exactly that. Like I, I did what I had to do with those seven catches. Uh, it could have been more, it, it could have been less. But in those seven catches right there, I did exactly what I had to do. Malachi had a big game rushing and uh, we, we pulled off the win. But during that game, uh, yeah, that hit happened early in the game. Like it was, uh, I was running down the sideline, and I lowered my shoulder. Number two, it hit me, but I got right up. Like I got right back up. Like everything was fine. Uh, it was like the last minute, thirty seconds of the game where we were we were driving, like we were trying to run the clock out. Georgia State was calling timeouts, and I'm walking to the sideline. I'm I'm feeling like I'm feeling all this swelling in my neck. I'm so I start talking to the huddle guys, telling me I sound weird. I'm like, yo, this is not okay. I'm not okay. Like I get on the plane, I like. Everything was everything after that game was not ideal. Like I'm, I'm in media talking to media like, yo, my voice might sound crazy, but I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. That, I start, that's how I started my, uh, my whole media after the game. I started, <laughs> they're like, no, you're fine. I'm like, no, I'm not. But okay, I got you. <laughs> Let's get. <laughs> but uh, then, uh, you know, the flight back and all that. Like it wasn't, it definitely wasn't ideal. Like I was, I ended up like standing up in my seat because I, I like the air pressure and all that. Like it was, uh, it was all messed up. Like I'm texting the doctors on the plane. No, I'm good. Well, I'm not gonna get a text. Or the text not gonna go through because I'm in the air. So, I don't know. I was, I was. Faulty chair. So that. <laughs> yeah, I did see it. <laughs> I, I was really just scared though. But that Georgia Tech game, um, like I said, it was never a plan to get me the ball or make make me a, a main focus of the game. It was just how to play, how the games worked out. Uh, one one play was the the trick, not a trick play, but it was like a fake screen. We didn't we didn't run it a lot during the season before that game, so we ran the we ran the screen a lot though. So I knew they were gonna bite on that because, I mean, I'm not I'm not shaming Georgia Tech. They're a bunch of athletes, but IQ wise, like you, it's a lot of stuff in there in their defense that you can pick the holes against. Like especially when I think I had another deep I had another deep pass down the field, but that was just supposed to be like a a quick little ten yard like like dump off. But I saw that every safety came down and like the. Like all of that, well, it was a lot of green grass in front of me. So I put my hand up, started running down the field, and I got a big gain out of that. But it was a lot of holes that we could pick that game, and when we did that. So the next question would be: so obviously different circumstances, but um, going through the emotions and the finding out of your coach um, no longer being your coach. Um, went through it with Coach Beamer. He obviously finished the season, um, but I remember everybody was in the locker room had just finished the lift. And a lot of us just saw it on TV and we were like, oh, okay, I guess this is what's happening. Go upstairs, have a meeting. Um, and then uh, you find out we're having, you know, everybody can come to the press conference in, you know, four or five hours. So after that Boston College game, you guys get home. Can you kind of walk me through how you guys all found out, how people were reacting, um, you know, and then how you guys kept everybody focused, like you said, and, and, and focused on the goal of getting to a bowl game and beating UVA eventually? Well, after Boston College, we played Duke. So Fuente was still there. Like he was, he was still there. He was our coach, but um, something fell off that week because like uh, he came into the meeting room. I, I think it was on Sunday, the day after the Boston, Boston college game. And he was just uh, like, from that point on, he just kept talking about, he don't know if he's still going to be here or not. Like he just kept saying that. So I didn't, I don't know. It, it was, it, it made me sad. Like it hurt every time I heard him say that because I'm like, yo, like I don't want my coach to get fired during the season. Like that's, that's not, 
That's nothing. That's that's something nobody wants to happen. Like, that could that could ruin a team. But then we uh we played a Duke game senior day, so you know we're all feeling good. We get that we get that win. Like once we got that win, I'm I'm assuming personally, I'm assuming all right, cool. He's good for us the season. Like I don't care if they're like if they're gonna fire him, they're gonna fire him off the, after the season. Like the, that's all that's gonna be done with afterwards because we got what we're we got two games left in the regular season. Like we're about to go to Miami. I'm not thinking like we're about to come into our Tuesday meeting and our coach is about to tell us that he's not coaching us anymore. Like that was that was one of the worst feelings that I ever had. Like being in that team meeting room. Like when when he came into the team meeting room with no Virginia Tech gear on, um, and he kind of just broke down the whole spiel to us. Like he told us that uh, he told us his time was over really. And uh, Whit Whit Babcock came in there after him. At, like after he walked out, like. I don't know. My emotions were all over the place at that point right there whenever Whit first walked in because I'm like, yo, who's about to be our coach? Like, what are we about to do the rest of the season? And then he comes in, he tells us that Coach Price is going to finish the season out with us. Uh, nobody was against that at all. Like, everybody liked his energy. Everybody was cool with Coach Price. So we kind of like, I mean, like I said, emotions are all over the place. Like, go, guys, we still had to go to the locker room. We still had still had practice that day so it was it was it was just weird like we had to go through our position meetings like like it was normal like our head coach didn't just get fired like didn't just walk out the whole facility and he's done like we still had to go out there and practice that day so in the locker room you know before we went out on the field like guys we're all around the locker room like yo we still got a job to finish like we still got business got to get handled so regardless what happens like y'all got to go out there and fight you got to play you got to play for each other because at that given moment, that's when we knew that we had to play the games for each other, like really the people that were on the team, like the, the guys that were playing. Because, you know, our coach, the one that, that recruited us in, the one that signed all of us, like he's, he's not there anymore. So it was kind of just like us, like if you really care about the man next to you, you're going to give all you got. Like, and I'm, I'm not I'm not disappointed at all in what we put out in the field those last the last two, three games. Cause like, you know, you still had guys fighting. Nobody really gave up. Like guys fought for a whole game. So like, even the Maryland game, guys are still fighting the whole game. Like, and it's just stuff like that. You love to see it. It meant a lot to me and especially to the other guys that were seniors or, you know, guys that have been here playing for years and uh, just see like our young, our young freshmen or sophomores and stuff like that still going out there and playing as hard as they can. Like it's the last game. Uh, it, it meant a lot. So I don't know, you know, the emotions, they, they were all over the place those last couple of games, but the job still had to get done. That's why the UVA win just felt so good to everybody. Like we're we're all on the field. Like we, we got this. We got cigars on the field. We got we we're in the locker room just turned because I don't know. It was like it was like it was like a it was like a moment of everybody just everything we wanted. Like we went and got it. Like with those last those last two games, like we wanted to go get that win. Like that was of course it's UVA. Like that's the most important win. Like then the season, but. It meant a lot. We were at five wins. We needed that win to get to a bowl game. So, just seeing those guys go out there and do all that, like that, it, it was it was so special to me. It was special to the whole coaching staff and especially the Hokie Nation for sure. I, I will uh, I will stamp that it was very special for Hokie Nation because I'm I'm going to be completely honest with you, Trey. As a fan, as a fan, I going into that UVA game in the back of my head, I was telling everybody, "There ain't no way. It's no way that we're going to win. There's no way we walk into Charlottesville." And we beat them, especially just with everything that had happened, Fu getting let go, J.C. Price taking over as the interim head coach. Uh, but you just said it. I mean, y'all went in there and handled business. And at the end of that game, all I could think was, holy, pardon my French, holy shit, they <laughs> did it. Like, like, holy shit, they beat UVA. I cannot like, – because, you know, one of my buddies, he said to me, 
UVA will always be UVA and Virginia Tech will always be Virginia Tech in that game. And we will always rise to the occasion. And y'all did that. My question for you, though, how difficult was it for you to not really play in that game at all? Uh, your last game against UVA, obviously that had to be tough. I mean, it was tough, but it, it just it was a decision that me and my receiver coach came to like during that week of practice. Uh, you know, like it, I re I re messed up kind of I kind of re irritated everything going on during that Miami game. Like uh, I don't know if people remember now. I didn't play the whole second half of the Miami game. Like I went out during like after that like third catch. Uh, I was coughing up blood on the sideline. Good Lord. It was like a another scary situation like I had to go get an emergency like x-ray in, in the locker room at Miami like it was it was scary but then uh you know after that game uh my receiver coach called me in coach Williams he called me in his office he was like uh you know I, I don't know how you feel about this game coming up but something's telling me like I, I I think you just need to sit this one out I'm like I'm like I respect you I respect everything you're saying but like I don't know like I'm gonna have to talk I'm gonna have to talk to my team I'm gonna have to talk to the guys around me like see if like if, it, if it's a smart decision or not. And, you know, guys were telling me to take care of myself. Like, guys, like I had a team that really cared. Like, my teammates cared about me. Uh, we cared about each other. That's how that's how we work in the locker room. So the guys that I had asked, they told me, like, if, if, if I think that's the best thing for me, like, take care of my health, like, with what I had coming up next, and, that, and that's what had to happen. So we made that decision during the week, and uh, throughout that week of practice, I was really just the, an assistant coach to the receivers. Like, I was, you know, giving, giving everything I got to them. Like, I – I'm coaching up guys that don't need coaching. Like Tavion, I'm all, I'm all in his ear the whole week because like, I'm I'm expecting big things out of him. I'm like I'm like I'm not playing, dude. So you got to carry this load. Like you and Caleb, y'all got to carry this load. I can't I, I can't do it with y'all. So just seeing seeing the out like them playing that game and then Tavion balled out. You know our offense was rolling, uh, and we were substituting two quarterbacks. Like we were playing back and forth with two quarterbacks. So um. You know, the game was what it was. I wasn't uh, I was kinda I was kinda hurting on the sideline a little bit, but at the same time I was just I was happy for my team to win the game for sure. I think you uh I think you embody very much so what Coach Price said at the end. This is home, that's my school, that's it. Uh I I, I mean I think after he said that Hokie Nation was just like, you know what, going forward, we've been through a lot, but we're gonna be all right. For sure. Like once he once he he told us that like in, in the like he took us on a walk. We walked the whole we walked the campus. We walked across the uh the drill field. We walked to the, the memorial where they had the, uh, the memorial that's up there. And he gave us his whole speech. He gave us uh uh <clears throat> Giovanni's speech. He gave he gave us that speech that she gave on uh like after the whole after the whole school shoot that went down and uh, it kind of hit the heart because he was like really emotional, like standing there talking to the whole team. And we were like, it's a lot of guys that never saw it, like never even knew who Nikki Giovanni was like, never know. A lot of guys didn't know that that was a professor at the school. Like and I was, I can't even lie. I was one of the guys that didn't know that she was a professor there. Like it was all new to me. So then she came to the, she came to practice that week and all like she came to practice, gave us a speech. Like she gave us a little talk. She gave us a, uh, hoorah! And uh, you know, <laughs> kind of we we got rallied up. Like guys were ready to win that game. So, Coach Price really he helped us all with the emotional stand base because when at the point where they told him he was going to be the head coach, he kind of took it to the initiative. Like he was going to coach his team with all he got. Like, he showed us that he was a hokey. So he told us that he got married on campus. Like all all of that. Like all of the above. Like he's a hokey. So I kind of like it, it hit the heart because I'm like yo, I've been here for four years. Like I. 
I feel like I'm a hokey too. Like I feel, I feel like I feel like this is my school. <laughs> like, but he was telling us this is my school. Like I'm like, no, this is this is our school. Like, <laughs> but uh, nah, Coach Price definitely helped us out a lot, and uh, I'm so thankful for him for being able to just you know take take that role and take it head on and, and, and win a game. Like just coach the games for us and coach the team to win. Like that's all that's all he did. That's all he ever did for us. That's why he's still on the staff. So moving on from uh, from last season, my, my first question is is kind of an interesting question. You were the guinea, you guys are the guinea pigs. Like this whole NIL thing, the NCAA was bit Mark Emmert, um, who we all have thoughts on, was basically like, you know what? It's okay. I don't want to hear about it. Just NIL, whatever. I want to know how how did that work? Did you find that as a distraction? Did you find it as something that was super helpful? How did you go about handling it? How would you tell? Tavion, when he goes to Kentucky to to handle his NIL relationships, how did you how did you handle that, and how did you uh, kind of see that helping or detracting? Uh, the way I kind of handled it was there was a time to, it was a time to talk about NIL and it was a time to not talk about it. Like during the week, like earlier in the week, like if 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 opportunity came came apart, like if an opportunity came up on my phone or something, like I try to get back to him immediately, like earlier in the week, like you know Sundays, Mondays. But when that that Tuesday that Tuesday practice starts, like that's when I clear my head. Like everything is off based off this game that we got coming up this week. Like the NIL was really it could it can be a distraction, but it can be very helpful in many ways. Like you got guys that aren't on scholarship that could that could get paid off of just being a football player, and you know that can help pay for their rent. Some guys don't even have to get real jobs, but you got you got walk ons that that have jobs outside of football that that spend endless hours in football, then they have to go work, like, before they go to school. Like, and it's like, that's a lot of stuff to put on somebody that has. Because football, as you got from 5 a.m. to 12, like, that's that's your football window. Then you got to go to work and then to school. Like, that's a lot That's a lot for a, a 18 to 22-year-old. That's a lot. So, you know, NIL really, like, helped with guys, like, you know, just make money any way possible. Uh, guys like me, I wasn't really – I didn't take advantage of it as much as I could have. Because I, mean, I don't know, it wasn't even like a big deal to me. Like I, I had a bigger focus this season. Like this past season, I had a bigger focus. Like I knew what I wanted to do at the end of the season, and I felt like throughout the season, I kind of just kept building every week to get to where I wanted to be. And um, the whole NIL deal, like with with Tavion, no, Tavion's going to SEC school, so that's I can't like I can't I can't give any tips and reminders to him because that's a different deal he's about to get into. Like that's a lot more money. That's a lot. That's a that's that's more school. That's a bigger, bigger school bringing in more money, like with, with with NIL than we were at Virginia Tech our past year. So I don't know. I feel like the whole NIL as a whole, uh, it can definitely be a distraction. It just depends on the person, for sure. So as we continue this this kind of uh, exit interview before we move into the future, uh, a couple questions. What was the biggest challenge of your Virginia Tech career? Biggest challenge. Biggest challenge. Ooh. Uh, probably after my freshman year, whenever, uh, you know, I was a kid, like I was a kid and then I saw like, I don't know, like half the team going to the transfer portal. And I'm like, yo, like, am I, am I supposed to still be here? Like, whoa, are they guys, are they telling me something? That I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. That was, that was, a I had to overcome that whole phase. Cause I had, I ended up texting coach Wiggins. I'm like, yo, what should I do? Like he was, he was already in Alabama. Like he, it didn't matter about, <laughs> it, it, I, I had nothing to do with him anymore, but he was helping me like so much throughout that process because I'm like. I was young and emotional. Like I was in my feelings. I'm like, yo, my friends are leaving. Like, why are my friends leaving? Like, so I'm texting Wiggins. I'm like, what should I do? He was like, you already, you kind of started your career already. So you, you should go ahead and finish out and, 
and make your name at Virginia Tech like you want. And I, and at that point right there, I kind of just realized that, you know, Virginia Tech is where I committed to. I kind of said before I even committed, I wasn't going, I wasn't transferring. I wasn't going to decommit before I got to school, none of that. So I, I, at that point right there after the 2018 season, that's when I knew, like, I got I, I really love this game and I love this school. So Virginia Tech was kind of like just the main spot for me to be. Uh, I didn't see myself anywhere else. What about your biggest, uh, do you have any regrets? Anything that you wish you let, did differently? Anything that you wish went wet differently? What about, uh, what about that? Um, I do, uh, I do, I, I wish uh, the whole quarterback situation didn't happen. Like, with, you know, uh, like with, with everything going on with Hendon at the end of that 2020 season with the, everything in that Clemson game. And then, you know, after the season, him transferring all of that, like I, I, I don't know. All of that kind of that was that was that was a lot to take in, especially like me and him were roommates. So I don't know. We kind of had a connection that we had. But then, you know, Brex came in and took over like it wasn't and I didn't have any problem with that. But one of the biggest regrets that I have is uh, like looking back on that whole deal is talking him and out of the transfer portal whenever he first went to the portal. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about when he first went in the portal in 2018 after the okay. after the 2018 season? Like I shouldn't have like. I regret talking him out of that because um really yeah really like the way the, the way that everything was the way everything went down with him after the season after our uh, COVID year I was I I felt like uh I felt like I I, I had a part in doing that by keeping him here because uh mm-hmm. it was it, it was it was it was it was something crazy it was something crazy that I didn't think was gonna happen but you know I thought that once I brought him back and he had the season he had in 2019 I just knew he was gonna be locked in at the quarterback spot mm-hmm. for you know, the rest of our career, but you know, push comes to shove, things change. So speaking of NIL, I mean, looks like he's cashed out. It looks like he's doing just fine at Tennessee. So I think, I think it worked out. The man has his own book that he's fine now. <laughs> he is fine now. So and he's in the, he's in the whole Heisman conversation for next year already. So, As he should be. As yeah. I'm he be. going there. I'm sure like, uh, never mind. Next, next question. <laughs> Next question. What is the what is the proudest moment that you have from your Virginia Virginia Tech career? The proudest moment? Does it have to be about me? No. Um, I don't know. I was I was just proud of the team. Team getting that UVA, like like I said, that UVA win this year, like it really meant a lot to me. Like just being a part of that this whole four years of what went down the whole time I was there, like just seeing guys rally around each other and, and make sure we won the game for each other. Like that meant a lot to me, especially not playing that game. Like I, I was, that was something that like, just really had me with the most tears of joy I've ever had in my life. So that was, that was something I was proud of. But then if it comes to, if it's about me, uh, definitely uh, that, that Miami game, whenever I solidified getting in the top five in both spots, like that was, that's, that's like a dream come true, honestly. Like, I never saw myself getting in any type of history books whenever I first came in. Like, I was trying to fight for playing time. So, I don't know. It all, it all came quick. And um, Trey, I, I'm going to call it a little bullshit. You, you didn't think big play Trey was going to end up in a record book of any kind? Come on now. Come on now. No. Okay. All right. Especially with the way that our offense was running. Like, no, I didn't think that I was going to. I didn't think I was going to do it as much as I did. Like we had, a, we went from spread offense to power run for my last three years. So it was, it, I didn't think that a receiver could do what he, what he did in that situation, but I knew gutting it out and playing for four years. I, I think that's what uh, ended up, you know, 
put me where I was in that situation. I, I got into a good scenario. So top five in receptions and receiving yards is a, it's a pretty big deal. So I'm a, I was pretty proud of myself for that. To combine your uh, regret and to combine your proudest moment, um, I, I think personally one of the most uh, one of the most awesome things to watch from the outside looking in was I remember coming to spring uh, spring practice or to summer practice last year, and when you walked by me, I said the opposite of what Malik Willis said. I said Trey looks large, like Trey Trey doesn't look like you know you know skinny you know skinny skinny boy Trey anymore. He's put on some pounds, put on some muscle. And um, Coach Hilgart and both of the uh, both the strength coaches said this is the first time he's really had an opportunity to be healthy and spend time and do what he needed to do. Like we really haven't had that opportunity with him to to put in the work and for him to put in the work. So I think the combined challenges and adversities that you faced and the, for lack of better terms, inconsistency that you saw at the quarterback position, which is what a lot of people talk about. You hear it with a dude who got traded to Carolina. They're like, well, he had a million offensive coordinators, so it didn't work out, or different receivers. He had five different quarterbacks, you know? So for you to get in the top five with all of those challenges, man, and, and all the injuries, I just got, I got to tip my cap to you. You've been a, a great Hokie and a good ambassador. So um, yeah, just wanted to, just wanted to weigh in on that for a second. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, I had seven different quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I thought I didn't mean that high. I thought it was five, but that no. is and that is a wild stat to think about. I don't know how many receivers have gone through that in four in four years. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, it was it was it was fun though. Like I, I it was kind of like more of a challenge, like whenever you found out that week that one quarterback wasn't <laughs> it's like, like playing, uh, playing playing who's it gonna be this week? <laughs> football roulette, you know. <laughs> It's like it gets to the end of the week, and I'm like, so I'm going to every quarterback. I'm like, so are you starting? Like, which one, which one of y'all is starting? And whoever started, I'm like, cool, let's go to the end. Let's get some catches. Like, I'll, I'll run some routes. Like, yeah, it was, right. it was always a challenge, but it was it was fun. It was definitely fun. I had fun with my whole college career. Uh, you know, the three losing seasons, and that's not ideal. But you know, I still I made the most out of everything I could, and I, I don't regret my whole my whole tenure at all. For sure. That leads directly into my my next question. Uh, at large, Trey, what did your time at Virginia Tech teach you in and outside of the football locker room? Why is Virginia Tech important to you? Uh, it's a it's a cliche quote, but uh, it, it really it hit home for me throughout my whole career there. And just control what you can control. Like, uh, you know, you got you got guys that are going to complain about coaching. You got guys that don't like the plays that are going to be called, but the only thing that you can control is what you're going to do on the field or what you're going to do off the field. Like you put yourself in situations when you, when you get in trouble or you, you miss something and, and that, that loses the trust from coaches that loses trust from your teammates. Cause they don't, it's just like different things that like, if you can't control what you can control then you're not going to be good in this whole situation that we're in, because I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody, but you know, with the culture staff that we had, like you kind of had to be perfect in order to like even get any type of, any type of love or any type of, you know, recognition, like on the field, off the field, like you had to, you had to take care of everything that had to be taken care of, whether that's school, study hall, uh, you know, parking tickets, all, all types of anything, like anything, like, everything, everything that you couldn't control, like, you, like it, it all, it all played, it all played a role in it. So Whenever I learned to control what I control, like that's whenever I knew that I could build the trust of my own coaches. I could build the trust of my teammates, and um, it kind of played out itself in the end. Uh, I, I'm sure. I mean, I hope that my teammates could trust me. Like whenever we're on the field, I hope my coaches could trust me. Um, 
the coaches kind of showed that they trusted me. Like I got moved around in different spots throughout my my career. Like I got moved around during the game because I, I just knew I knew all the spots on the offense. Uh, I kind of put that into my brain my freshman year. Whenever I wasn't getting a lot of playing time at first, but uh, you know I, I was only learning one position though. Like and then when I figured out that I should probably learn all three spots so I could go on the field immediately, like as much as I can. And um, I ended up starting that Pittsburgh game and I started the rest of the season. So. When I, when I took that into initiative, I took that into every season. Like, just the more the more available you are, the more touches you're gonna get. So, I don't know. Just controlling what I control. That was the biggest thing that I learned my whole career there. So, it's, uh, it can break you. That that the whole the whole situation we were in, it could break anybody. But uh, you just gotta stay strong and and be yourself. So now we can't control what goes on at Virginia Tech anymore. That chapter closed. Still an still an alum. Gonna go back. Gonna do everything you can to help. So for the future of Virginia Tech, my questions to you are, if you were to give Coach Pry and his staff some advice after your experience as a student athlete at Virginia Tech, what advice would you give Coach Pry and his staff? What advice would I give them? Um, honestly, I watched, I, I watched them for a couple of days when I was there, and uh, there's, no, there's no advice that I could give them just by the way that he's coaching them and uh, by the way that they're all – treating everything like they, they're all walking around there like pros now like there's nobody coming in late like if you come in late you liable to get kicked off the team and that's just that's just that's that's the standard like there now so it it, it makes so much sense as to how he's coaching them like uh and it's kind of like everything that we ever needed like you needed somebody that's gonna be able to really discipline the kids like like it, it's not somebody that's gonna come out there and just threaten like all right you you could be gone if you want to be gone like if he wants you gone you're gonna be gone like that's just that's the way it is so I don't know. It's it's like uh, if I were to, I don't know if I were to give him any any tips or anything. It would just be to keep being him because um the way the guys there are talking about him, like they they love everything that the coaching staff is doing. They love practice. Like the, every practice is competitive. They have competitive periods in every single. They start to practice off of one on ones. Like that's that's something that I didn't. I didn't. We never had that. We didn't have that whole deal going on the whole time I was there. They start to practice off of one on ones, and it's just straight com- competition the whole practice. Like. I'm talking about even special teams. They have different special teams. They have different teams on special teams. And I, I never saw that, like, my career there. So it's like everything is a competition with them now. So, like, you'll see you see guys, like, a big group of people doing, like, push-ups during practice or, or you know, running running across the field and back, like, doing gases. Like, and it's because, like, if you lose in practice, they, they treat it like it's a game. Like, if you lose, you go get – you go get love with the losers supposed to get. So I don't know. It, it was a, uh, it was something fun to watch for the couple of days I was there. I'm ready to get back up there and watch a couple more practices. I'm ready for the spring game too, to see how this all whole deal works out because I don't know. Everything just looks, uh, it looks great. It, it looks great. Like I love what I'm watching, honestly. So two of your teammates, Dax Hollifield and Samari Connor, both decided to stay for a fifth year using their COVID eligibility. Uh, what kind of impact do you think those two guys are currently having and will have on this younger locker room? Um, you know, Dex, is, Dex has been our leader. Dex has been our leader uh, emotionally, physically, uh, by example. Like, Dex has been our leader. So, you know, guys build – guys, like, feed off of the energy that Dex brings every single day. So – that's Dex's impact. That's always been his impact. Dex is always going to be that leader that, that guys need, that guys want to rally around. Shamari, his game speaks for itself. Um, Shamari became more vocal. He came. He became more vocal during our senior year, like this, the last year I was there. He was more vocal. 
And uh, it, it, when when guys are watching the guys on the field, when they watch them play and then they come outside of the games and during practice and lifts and you hear those guys talking, you're going to listen because you're trying to do exactly what those guys are doing on Saturdays. Like you want to get in the game. You want to be in those positions. Like you want to be in that situation. So you got those guys both coming back as, you know, uh, old, old guys now. Like they, they're old guys. So just looking, looking at them, like just anything they say to this team, like it's going to mean something because – Coach Pride knows it. Like the whole coaching staff knows it. That those those two were some of the, the hardest workers that we ever had during my career there, and uh, just for them to come back for their fifth year, that I'm sure that means a lot to Pride and his staff because, you know, they, they came into a situation that, you know, isn't an ideal situation. You got your quarterback gone. You got to bring in quarterbacks. You got like, but, but just know that you got your linebacker and you know, one of your star safeties coming back. Like that means a lot. That means a lot. That means a lot. And I I'm, I can't even say how much it means like it means a lot to me as well because you know guys guys are going to listen to who they want to listen to but then when you got those two guys who have been who have been playing for years and actually putting work on the field like when you got those guys talking to you you, you're going to listen you're going to do exactly what they want you to do just like they want your coaches absolutely uh Trey we can do this we can move on uh and wrap this up before we get into letters from the lunch pail with uh, talking about you and going to the next level, man. Um, out, so we we, we got to know outside of pro day, what does a typical week look like currently in the life of Trey Turner this spring? What kind of preparation is going into to getting ready for the NFL draft? Uh, normal week. Let me start with. Uh, OK, so Sunday is my only off day. That's been that's been pretty consistent. Sunday is my only off day. Mondays, pretty much every day throughout the week is a two a day. Like uh, the the morning of Monday, like very the early morning, like really either seven or you know six, seven or eight. Like going to field for an hour and a half, two hours, get the work you need in. Uh, you know before the combine, and everything I was doing my forty training, my my five ten five, my burden, all that. But then like after the combine, it was kind of like still the same deal, but I wasn't I wasn't doing any forty stances because I was done with that. Like so just. Every morning, getting up early, going to the field, and then uh, about two hours after the field, we go to the the weight room because I was working out in Tampa. I was at the House Athletes in Tampa, so we would go to the weight room and uh, we have a workout there for about an hour and a half to two hours. And then, uh, really, the, this is the best part. This is the best part about this whole process and like now being out of college is that after that lift right there, you can take care of your body for the rest of the day. Like you can you can sit in the training room for the rest of the day and take care of your body. Uh, that's why, like, I was as most healthy as I was last year. Like, that was my last, that was my most healthy year of college football. But now I'm, I'm feeling like more healthy than I ever have because I don't know. I, I've taken more care of my body. Like, I'm taking care of my body like it's homework. Like, that's that's like one of the biggest deals for me. Like, if I can sit there in the training room all day, I don't have to worry about study hall. I don't have to worry about school no more. Like, I can just focus on taking care of myself and making myself better. So that's that's one of the biggest focuses I've had. But really, every day is just like that. Like, every day is early morning workout on the field, straight to the weight room, get get my body straight, and then I'm eating. Like, I, I got to eat all day because, you know, my weight fluctuates. I got a high metabolism. Like, I got to eat all day. So pretty much cram any type of food that I can any, any, at any point in the day. Uh, I was on meal prep down there in Tampa. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. We would get, like, six meals every other day. Uh, you, you split that off however you want. You can eat all six in one day. But uh, I don't know. Uh, just, just the whole – I don't know. I got to take care of myself and I got to like really clear my head while I was down there because I wasn't around. The only person that I knew was uh, Khalil Pimpleton. Like I knew him 
because he went to Virginia Tech before I came there and I had seen him on my business before I came and we kind of built a relationship then. But then down there, we were really pushing each other every single day. Like that was like, that was like, uh, it was like my teammate. Like I was somebody that I would push, he would push me no matter what drill we're doing. We're trying to beat each other though. Like it's like the competitive competition, like the competition that we had between each other, like that was something that really made you want to come back the next day, like way even more like, all right, you know, I'm not putting up that same time tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm running, I'm running a whole 10th faster. I promise it's like little things like that, but throughout the whole three months that I was down there, uh, I really learned a lot. I learned how to train like a pro. I learned how to, you know, get the correct amount of sleep. Like I wasn't, it wasn't any late nights. I was staying, I, I was going to bed at the right time, waking up early, eating breakfast. Like, <laughs> so like it's, <laughs> it's, I went to a Virginia Tech, I wouldn't even eat before and I'd be feeling queasy during the lift. And I'm trying to figure out why. And it's because I didn't eat like and and breakfast before a lift is actually really important. Like, and I didn't, you know, I didn't realize a lot of this stuff until I, until I started this whole process. So I don't know. This is, it's been a life changing. It was a life changing decision, but I'm sure like this decision was really one of the best ones for me, uh, especially based off of this whole off season. Like I, I've really been working like, excuse my language. I've been working my ass off, bro. Like, I've been trying to like, really like, I'm trying to get there. Like all I need is my foot in the door and I'll be good. Uh, I promise. What would you say aside from, the health and diet has been your biggest focus. Has it been speed? Has it been size? Has it been um, what? Have, what has been the biggest focus area for you? Uh, it's really been size and route running. Like I, I don't, we didn't run a lot of the. Like I just, I just got off a call with a with a scout, and he was telling me like he was like, you guys didn't have a really uh, extensive route tree at Virginia Tech, did you? I was like, no. Like you can you can watch the film. Like no, I didn't. But just being able to like you know, I'm working with like when I'm on the field down in Tampa, Randy Moss is our coach. So. It was like somebody that's really going like he knows everything there is to know about the game. So learning from him with routes was really like it was really ideal. Like the first day I got out there, he was like, Trey, I don't know what you're out there running today, but I saw Vatek. That's that's the that's what he said to me word for word. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, Vatek is not what you're supposed to be saying. But then at the same time, you're Randy Moss, so you can go ahead and say what you want. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> like, route, route running and my size like that was like those are my two biggest focuses other than other than take care of my body and, and workouts like that's something that's, that that should have been big to me throughout my college career but you know I wasn't I wasn't getting paid weekly at all like, I wasn't getting I wasn't getting money to go get food like I was really eating either you know West End uh Hokie Grill or or, or or nutrition at the facility uh I'd be like McAllister's or uh you know something like that so mm. I don't know, now just being able to like really take care of myself and you know everything it, it all it all takes care of this. it takes care of itself especially when you go out in the field and you're just feeling good like I just I feel great now like so when I go out in the field and I'm ready to run routes my mind's clear I'm ready to just run full speed routes and and get my cuts right get get my feet under me like hey, everything just everything's working everything's going up or trend. So last you know last couple we'll have some fun and then we have some fan questions for you. Um, if you follow Trey on Instagram, you know, spends when he's not working, he's usually on the couch watching some TV or playing the game. So I'm curious, what are you watching right now? What are you playing right now? Dude, 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 dude. I just started uh I just started the Juvenile Justice on Netflix. Okay. It's, it's like it, it's weird. Like it's kind of weird, but it, it's I like it. Like it's it's like uh it's like a I think it's like a Japanese show. Um so it's so not like yeah, of course. Sometimes got to be on. I, I, I'm trying to read the words coming out of the mouth, but it, that's not the words that are coming out of the mouth. So it's like, <laughs> it's it's not anime, is it? 
No, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's actually okay. Live action show. Actual, like it's like an actual judge. Like she's like a new judge, and uh, she's tired of the whole juvenile like detention. Like she's tired of that. Like kids, kids are killing other kids, and they only get two months of two months of sentence time. But it's like I kind of just started that. I'm kind of I'm kind of into that right now. But okay. um, the, I don't know if y'all know, but this month the last part of Ozark comes out, and uh, I'm really great. I'm I'm ready for that to come out for sure. Okay. You and my parents both, they love that show. They love that show. That is the show. But um, also, I was watching, uh, I just finished Bel Air. It's like the spinoff of, of The Fresh Prince. Good or bad? Oh, that's really good. It's actually pretty good. I've it, heard it made, that. It made it more of like today's world. So it's like he's on there, he's on there cussing and all. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's cool. And then you got, you got Carlton doing all types of stuff. Like, I don't know. It, it was, it was cool to watch. Wait, so I, I got to ask you then, what is your, what's your take on the, uh, on the Oscars fiasco with Will Smith? Where, where, where do you stand on that? You, you walked right into it. So I, I have to ask it. Where do I stand on it? Where do you stand, Trey? I don't know, dude. Cause it's like, it's like, if I was Will Smith, I would be done. With, I would have been done with Jada. Like I would, I would have been done right. with it whole August Alcina situation. So I don't like, I don't know if I would have defended her the way that he defended her and, 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 and especially at the Oscars. Like that's 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 crazy. That's that's yeah. actually but Chris Rock says some crazy like he said some like he said a joke that shouldn't have been said but at the same time he's a comedian so you gotta understand that like mm-hmm. you know Will Smith he went through a lot these past couple of years and uh he I guess that was like his boiling point and he was tired of it so he went and smacked the shit out of him. So <laughs> that's what happened. It was yeah. like that's all that happened. So, um, you know, but if I was Will, I would have been done with Jada. Like I wouldn't even been at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that, that settles that. Like, uh, you could say whatever you want to say about Jada at that point because I wouldn't even be, wouldn't be my wife. I got you. Respect. What about uh, who's <laughs> the Grammys? The Grammys were yesterday. Trey, who's the who? Who are you listening to now? Who's the best new artist? What, what what's going on? Man, who am I listening to now? My lap very quick. Okay. I could tell you. I didn't watch a minute of the Grammys. I know Glass Animals won new artists, but they're not even new. John so. Batiste won album of the year. Silk Sonic won a bunch of awards. Silk Sonic's fantastic. Six, uh, Bruno and Anderson are great. Uh they were hilarious at the end of the show. Yeah. They uh, and Anderson were like, we're getting drunk tonight, drinks on uh Silk Sonic. That's <laughs> that's what he said after they accepted their award. Right. All right. So if all right, so my music library right now, I've been listening to uh, well because of the whole uh, documentary that he had dropped, the whole uh, three episode trilogy with with Kanye. Like I've been listening to a lot of Kanye, like a lot of old Kanye, a lot of, I mean even down to like the new stuff that he dropped. Like I've been trying to find out a way to get to the new one because he's trying to only play it on that little uh, some the, the little device that he he came the thing up that with. he came out with. I know what you're talking about. Album on there, but I'm like, I'm not about to pay two hundred dollars for that. Like, I'm I'm not doing that. So I've been trying to find out every every other leak or anything that I can to get the his new album. But if it's not him, I've been listening to uh the baby and young boy dropped the album. That's been pretty turn. I listened to that. That was like my album of the day on 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 the combine day. So I've kind of been locked into that album since. Okay, it's called a stem player. That little that little thing that Kanye's selling. He's selling player. a device. Does he yeah. sound like iPod Nano and trying to make people buy it? It's like a Bluetooth speaker, and he it's- exclusively dropped the Donda album on it. Yeah, like that. That's that's how he's trying to get you. He's trying to make you pay two hundred dollars so you can listen listen to the new album. But it's like, why can't you just drop on Apple Music? 
Because <laughs> then he wouldn't be Kanye. But and it's like he's doing his whole situation, his deal on on fit on Instagram and all that. Like he's hilarious right now. Like okay. that whole Pete Davidson, all that. That's funny to me. Like it's it, it, hilarious. I hate the people that take social media so seriously. Like there's people that always have an opinion about something. Like Kanye shouldn't be doing this. Kanye shouldn't be doing that. Kanye has a lot of money. He can do what he wants. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kanye was. Yeah, I think, you know, Trey, I think at the end of the day, social media has made it so that everybody has to have a take about everything. You either have to be right or you have to be wrong. When in reality, maybe you don't have to be anything. You know what I mean? I think, I don't remember who said it, Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter and Harry Potter. They asked him his thoughts on the Harry Potter thing. He was like, I mean, on the Will Smith thing. And he was like, honestly, man, like I'm, I don't have an opinion and I'm pretty tired of hearing everybody's opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, wish, yeah. I wish more people would say that. So, um, <laughs> Chris Rock about his opinion. Like maybe that's a good, a good person to ask. He, he, you'll get his opinion when he comes out with his new stand-up special. Yeah, that's, yeah. you're gonna get his opinion. <laughs> uh, Trey, <laughs> you know me. My Celtics have been absolutely crushing it since January. Oops. Rob Williams is hurt, but he's coming back in a couple of weeks. What it, What is your lay of the land on the NBA right now? Who's the bet? Who Who is your MVP? Who is your champion? My MVP. Might be Devin Booker. Wow. Okay. Devin Booker. Nice. The Suns look really good, man. The, the Suns, yeah. and you know, I played for CP3. Like I, I was my, I was one of my coaches, my 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 founder of my team. So I got like my ties go to them right now. I wanted to see what the Nets were going to do, like, uh, but KD got hurt and all that. So I, I don't know. The Nets look good. Uh, whenever Kyrie and KD are on the court, I don't know. They that kind of that's kind of scary to play against. Mm. And, but the Celtics look good. I like the Celtics. I like uh, Marcus Smart to get defense player of the year. I like that. I like those odds. Um, if it's not him, it's going to be Bam from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think the final is really going to be the Celtics and the Suns, though. Like that's that's been like my like my take on that. Like, and I think the I Suns obviously pull for the Celtics, but I would love to see Chris Paul get a ring. I think this is. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I want to see. Like that's why I'm. I, I want the finals. You know, again, like I want I want Chris Paul to get him a ring. Final. Mm-hmm. Trey, we got three more questions for you, and then we'll let you go. Can't can't thank you enough for your time um, here coming up on coming up on an hour uh, here yeah. on uh, April fifth. So, uh, Grayson, why don't you kick us off with letters from Lunchville? Yep, Fear the Gobbler asks it's three part question. It's kind of rapid fire, actually. One is favorite catch. Two is most memorable win. Three is the toughest defender faced. So again, that's favorite catch. That's number one. Favorite catch. I know the favorite. Yeah. We, we, it's UVA, like this way. Yeah, like, that was nuts. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> I, I didn't even like. I couldn't even catch a one hand before. I never tried to catch a one hand. That was my first one hand to catch. Mm. Most so, memorable win. Uh, six overtimes, UNC. Okay. Love that. That was that was a real moment. In just in just this segment, in the two games you've mentioned, those two games featured four quarterbacks. Just to come back to the to the quarterback roulette, four quarterbacks in those two games. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Three is uh, toughest defender faced. Toughest defender faced. Uh, does that to be a defensive back? It has to be a corner? Just as defender, yeah. Who? Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame. Got it. I played him three times. We are in the same class, so I played him I played him freshman year, sophomore year, and then I played him again this past year. Like, he was somebody that was all over the field. Like, anytime any scout has asked me over this period, like, who's the best defender you went against, I, I had to say Kyle Hamilton just off of respect. But mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to defensive backs, like corners, uh, 
probably anybody to play the pit. Uh, those those corners are really physical. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of coached to hold over there, so the refs don't really call any PIs with that game. So you kind of know what to expect that game, but it's still coming. It's going to happen every game. Like Every time you play against Pitt, they're going to hold, and you're not going to get calls, but you got to make something happen. Brett Stridge, Stridge, sorry if I butchered that, Brett. He asked, what will you miss the most about Blacksburg? Well, wait, Trey, before you answer that, could we have a moment of silence for Joe's Diner? Um, going under new, uh, new ownership, we're just gonna Trey's 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 jaw just hit the ground. So, so Travis and uh, his lovely uh, his lovely wife are actually um, stepping down as owners from Joe's Diner on Main Street. Um, news as of this week, I, yeah. So that must be news to you, Trey. So there's there's uh, just got to pay my respects to Joe's Diner. I'm sorry, I may have thrown, I may have just ruined the whole podcast. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, that's that ha- that happened. So. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they announced it on Facebook, man. Mm-hmm. They announced it on Facebook, yeah. yeah. You know, Travis, man, Travis doesn't have Twitter, he doesn't have Instagram, he doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> like, I was, I was there, I was making up a sign of like, we're about to leave, like, all right, yeah. come, that hurt. Uh, what will I miss most about Blacksburg, though? I don't know, man. Those, uh, those Sharky's Buffalo Ranch wings are kind of undefeated. Mm-hmm. That was something, something that I could never forget about. I'm joking, though. But Blacksburg as a whole, like, the whole community just being there for four years and, like, just everybody welcoming me with open arms. Like, everybody loves football there in that community. So it was kind of just fun. Like, you go to different restaurants. Like, being me, like, a lot of a lot of people knew me. Like, the managers of the restaurants would know me. Like, we could have simple conversations. Like, I, I'm, I'm a normal person at the end of the day. Like, I'm, I just want to talk. I want to get to know people. So just being in that community just – being able to call it home, that's something I'm be able to I'm really gonna miss, like especially living with Jay Tucker. Uh shout out Jay Tucker the GOAT. Um just just everything like this past year, kinda it was kinda bittersweet, like just knowing that like that was about my last year. Uh you know, I made a lot of memories over the four years and uh none of them will be forgotten, but you know, it's times like, you know, times where we're all sitting in the locker room for hours because we don't feel like <laughs> some guys don't feel like going to class. <laughs> or, or guys get you know practice practice ends and you know guys still sit in the locker room for hours because you know a lot of guys don't even have class a lot of guys just want to shower sitting there and talk about football like just being able to sit there and talk to guys that, that were comfortable with me for hours about you know anything and uh, anything like I had I had friends roommates and all like we could sit and talk about anything for hours and those are bonds that I built that like I'm really gonna miss but you know they're always still gonna be there for sure last one comes from Brian Fitcher what is Trey Turner doing for NFL Draft Weekend? For NFL Draft Weekend, mm-hmm. I'll be sitting right in my house. Um, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a close crew of people. Um, really, uh, on on either Friday or Saturday is when you know I'm gonna figure out if, I, if if my name's called or not. So I'm I'm not gonna have a big party or anything because you know I'm a it's it's gonna be receivers to get drafted over me that I'm I might have a reaction to it. It might I might break down crying. You know different little things like that so it's like uh i'm gonna have a close crew like my family my my family friends and like my best friends and stuff like that i'm gonna be at the house i'll be right here in greensboro and um you know just praying for the best uh, that's that's what it's gonna be well trey you have been an incredible incredible player for virginia tech you've been a great ambassador a good friend and supporter uh of the podcast so um want to wish you the best looking forward to it wherever you do land um gonna be rooting for you and excited to see you 
spring game weekend. Um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, up. we'll get after it. So uh, really appreciate your time. This is your time. Shout outs, whoever you want to shout out. I almost forgot. Sharky shout outs. This is your time. You've done this before. You're a vet. I appreciate y'all for having me on here again, man. You know, it's one of the best podcasts I, I've ever been a part of. Uh, you know, shout out to Pat, though. Shout out to Pat. I saw Pat the other day. Me and Pat were talking for a long time. We were sitting in Jimmy John's talking. Like, we were just sitting there, like, good times, good times, good times. But, <laughs> he didn't uh, even tell us that. Come on, Pat. <laughs> Pat, Pat was the top. We, we, we were the times before. <laughs> Pat might not remember, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> Shout out, shout out to Matt. Shout out to, uh, you know, all the Hokie Nation for the endless support. Years, whether they, they were the ups and downs, just for sticking it out with us. Uh, especially with me. Like, you know, uh, somebody from North Carolina, not even from Virginia, just welcomed me with open arms. I appreciate everything you guys did for me over the years. Uh, shout out to Coach Fuente and his staff. Uh, I would have never been in the position I was in without them. Um, so I, I give a big shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Coach Pry and his staff for what they're about to do with this new this new era of folk football, and uh, I can't wait to watch. And awesome. shout out, shout out to all my boys on the squad, man. You know, love y'all boys, and uh, you know, times I'll never forget the, the things that we did. I'll never forget for sure. Trey, you enjoy the rest of your week. Best of luck here in the NFL draft, and we'll see you soon. All right, appreciate y'all. To wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking. Do you?